Hello everyone, I'm your host Ryan Maison and thanks for tuning in to Going Places with Career Services. We are here in the Wicked Studio in Daytona Beach, Florida, and we're excited to discuss how to prepare for the upcoming Industry Career Expo and other professional events. Here to discuss more with you on this topic are Assistant Director in Daytona Beach, Sandy Oman. Hello. Our other Assistant Director here, Lauren Burmester. Hi. Project Manager representing Worldwide Career Services, Roth Britton. Hi, y'all. And coming from our Daytona Beach Dean of Students Office, Associate Director Christy Ambergi. Hello, everybody. Ember-Riddle Daytona Beach holds an industry career expo that occurs every fall and spring. There are typically no classes the day of the fall expo as opposed to spring, and anyone is welcome, including alum and other guests. Employers range from the public and private sector, aerospace or not. Whether you have a little experience or a low GPA, rest assured, there's an employer and opportunity there for you. We'll even be hosting info sessions on campus the two nights beforehand. We'll talk about resources you can use to research more details about this event momentarily. But remember, the content today can help you in successfully attending any professional event where you can network and meet employers. We'll share more after this quick industry update. Roth? Yeah, I just want to take a minute to introduce a new segment for us. We want to give you an opportunity to have a new sort of tool. So if you're a student, uh, why is it important to, to reach back into history, reach back into the parts of aviation and aerospace that we love? And, and I think it's to obviously educate and inform, but give you a tool so we can perfect elevator pitches and prep for interviews. But after that's over and you're engaging in conversation, it's great to have some sort of way to talk shop. So why not give you little bits of facts along the way? So this week we're looking at Hurricane Michael and how it impacted Tyndall Air Force Base. So <laughs> all of us are here living in Florida and we deal with hurricanes on a daily basis. So it obviously impacts a lot of our student population. So Michael happened in, it was an EF4, sustained winds 155 miles an hour. And how did that affect aerospace? Well. At Tyndall Air Force Base, they happened to have a large fleet of F-22s, 55 to be exact. Two-thirds of those aircraft still were left behind. So when we think about the different careers that are impacted and, and can be bettered based on that, for me, I think of logistics and supply chain management. You look at 17 aircraft, uh, each worth about $400 million left behind. That's... Uh, a lot of cost analysis, maintenance management. So it touched a lot of different places. So if you're looking for something interesting to see how a catastrophic event can be better managed, that's something I would encourage you to look into. Can I share a quick tip, not necessarily about the hurricane specifically, but when you're talking about industry news, it's really important to know what's going on in your current industry. So. One of the recruiters that I work with shared with me one time that the students they were working with weren't really up on what was going on with their company. And one of the things he showed me was the stock option on your iPhone. And if you click, if you're following that company on the stock market, when you click on it, it will show you in that stock, mo stock market app that um, all the different things going on regarding that company. So it's a really neat way to stay up on what's going on with the company that you're interested that, in. That is perfect. And and like I said, if, if you can talk shop outside of that little elevator pitch and talk a little bit beyond that, um, you can make an impression that goes beyond the, the normal interaction. 
Well, thanks for sharing that, Roth and Sandy. Everyone can count on us always including that segment in our podcasts. But now, let's get into what you could do to make the most of your time at any professional event. Lauren, did you want to start us off? I did, thanks. And that actually kind of segues perfectly into what I'm going to be talking about. Um, I'll be talking a little bit about researching companies. So we do have the Career Expo coming up here in a couple weeks. We have some other uh, conventions and conferences coming up as well. And these types of events are perfect for getting to know companies and seeing if they're a good fit for you, but also seeing if you're a good fit for them. So let's be honest, uh, most of us probably spend more time at the office than we do at home nowadays. (laughs) So it's important that we're working at a company that fits our personalities as well as our skill sets. So with these events, you're going to have conversations with employers. They're going to have conversations back with you. They're going to be looking to see if you're a fit for them. As I mentioned, you're going to be looking to see if you're a fit, uh, a good fit for that company as well. So how do you go about doing that? That comes from research. It comes from preparation. You can't just go into these events and kind of wing your conversation with the employer. You do need to have some prep before having these conversations. So some, some things that you can do ahead of time. I always recommend going directly to the company's website. Go onto their About Us section, learn a little bit about what the company motto is, what the company culture is. Each company nowadays has their own culture. They, they have their own, what I like to think of as their own personality as well. And I'll kind of use an example of the companies that I work with. I work with a lot of the airlines. Airlines have their own niche nowadays. They have their own personalities. Some of them are a little bit more lighthearted and free-spirited, like Southwest. They're outside-the-box thinkers. Then you have airlines such as Delta, which are a little bit more serious and conservative. Depending on what your personality is, you may not fit into that company. It's kind of like working in a team environment. If you think about your class projects and some of your courses here, not all personalities mesh. It's, it's the same thing with companies. You want to make sure that your personality meshes with that company's personality. So doing that research on the company website, you can learn a lot about what their culture is, what their motto is, what that company is about. Going to the news section on the company's website is a great way to learn about what is currently going on with that company and then some future plans for the company as well. You can also check out opportunities. So take a look at what the job, uh, the available jobs are right now. If there's anything you're interested in, where your skill set fits into that particular position, and even again with that company, you can also utilize third-party sources such as articles, reliable articles that are out there, and. Um, Different websites such as Glassdoor.com is a great way to learn about what current employees are saying about their company. Now, keep in mind, Glassdoor.com is self-reported, so you do kind of have to take that information for what it is. It is not verified information. Lastly, come to our events. We hold a lot of information sessions on campus, which is an opportunity for you to learn more about that company. You will get to speak to recruiters right off the bat. You'll get to learn about what their culture is, what they have to offer, and if that company is a good fit for you. Um, We do have pre-expo events, so in a couple weeks you'll see a lot of advertisements about companies that are going to be coming early, giving an opportunity for students to talk to them a little bit before um, the expo events. Yeah, when you're engaging with companies, obviously, the most, the more information you can have, the better. The more comfortable you're going to be, the more you'll be able to uh, answer the kind of questions they have or guide the conversation and show that you gen- genuinely care about that company. 
So one of the other things I recommend is to see how you personally fit with that company. And if you can go ahead and do some prep work and actually match your accomplishments or something that you have already done, maybe it's a volunteer experience to that company, that's only going to help that conversation. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great tip. So your conversation is going to be back and forth. It's not going to be one-sided. So if you can show that employer that you've done the research ahead of time and you know exactly how you fit into that company, it's going to make that conversation flow so much more. And it's really going to impress the employer that you did that work ahead of time. I think the biggest complaint that we get from employers is that students don't know enough about their companies. Um, they don't like to be asked, what does your company do? What does your company have to offer for me? So if you go in to that conversation already armed with that information, you're going to leave a lasting impression on that employer. So next we're going to move on to social media. So this is one of those things that I think students look at and say, uh, they're either on one end of the spectrum. A, I, I'm so afraid of messing this up. I'm not even going to engage with it, or uh, they perhaps don't think through and aren't intentional about what social media should look like. So I would love to hear some feedback from the team as far as what they think students should do, what, what kind of tools they can engage with. So I would say the, for, for social media, right, um, you know, Facebook, I would say, is kind of fizzling out. Um, it, to really, to sort of reference what Lauren has uh, mentioned, I love that word of just personality of a company. I think a lot of companies now are knowing they need to be on either Snapchat, but I think Instagram is a little bit better, especially to see their personality, what some of their updates are. It could be, you know, some of their stories and their events that are coming up. But Instagram is definitely one of the hottest ones to use right now. I really personally like using Twitter to follow companies that... Um, students might be interested in or that I'm interested in because if you look at company websites usually at the very bottom or at the top it'll tell you what social media that company is following so usually it's almost always Twitter and something else usually mm -hmm. LinkedIn maybe Instagram depending on the kind of company that it is so if you follow Twitter or follow companies on Twitter then you can um, you can tag them in post and ask them general questions such as, do you have an internship program? I don't see any positions currently posted. I know I personally have reached out to a few companies that way when I couldn't find internships, but I had students who were interested in interning with them. And the companies are very responsive. So if we're looking at the day of or, or the week of a career expo, building up to it, I think we touched on how you can research companies, you can look in and, and see what they're up to, what their personality is. If we look at the day after, so we went to the expo, uh, we engage with some companies, what would you suggest? Because when I look at the social media, I look at it kind of as a toolbox. Um, if all you have is a hammer, everything is a nail sort of thing. So if all you're doing is, is Facebook, everything is Facebook. So obviously, each tool can engage differently. What would you say about the follow-up following the Career Expo? Yeah, so thanks, Roth. Um, as far as the follow-up, uh, I definitely encourage students all the time to uh, do it within 24 to 48 business hours. While you're fresh in the employer's mind, 
you want to make sure that that you touch on something that y'all talked about or mentioned. Yeah, I was the young man that came up to you in, in the light blue shirt or something like that to be a little bit more memorable. And one tip that I have for that too, something to avoid, by the way, is if you are going to reach out to them, you know, LinkedIn is a good way to follow up. Make sure your LinkedIn looks good. Um, if, if you just made it, maybe don't have the way that you follow up with an employer right after expo be that way maybe a good alternative is email but if your linkedin is really sparse or some people have a really good linkedin but they're starting to use it more like a facebook i hate it when i go on my linkedin and i see um model pics and all this really inappropriate um content when you know that's obviously not about their job right so make sure whatever social media you use to follow up looks professional yeah, that actually kind of brings up a really good point. Um, with social media, make sure the content on your social media is professional if you're going to be reaching out to employers on it. If you have multiple sources of social media, so let's say you have a LinkedIn account, you've got Twitter, you also have Instagram, you have Snapchat, try to think of a branding for all of them so they all look the same across the board and make sure that it is all professional content. Nothing that the employer would see and make them think that maybe you're not a professional or would think that maybe you would not be a good fit for the company. So I get to be like the Debbie Downer of the situation. And one thing you've got to remember is that whatever you've done in the past is probably following you. So if you've done something in high school, it's out there, it's posted, you're tagged. Just please remember that that could be found along the way. So keep that in mind, even as young as entering your college experience, please keep your record clean, your social media presence clean. If I could just wrap this up with a quick, quick real-world example, one of our top-tier companies uh, was recently on campus, and when I spoke with the recruiter, he said to me, I will remember you if you connect with me through LinkedIn. Now, obviously, that's one recruiter. Um, not all operate that way. However, it's important to know what recruiters are looking for, and for that specific recruiter, that's what he's looking for. Perfect. So I know Lauren has had a great information on preparation, on researching companies, but we're going to dive a little bit more into that idea of preparation. And hate to tell you, please don't do it the night before or the morning of. <laughs> so whenever you're doing this, just give yourself this whole rest of this month until the 28th of February to go ahead and get yourself ready. The first thing I recommend, though, is to sort of set your goals, set your, get your mindset in the right place so that when you go into the expo, you know what you want to do, what you're hoping to get out of this experience. And also that allows you to just really set some expectations for yourself so that you're not hoping for something and then something entirely different happens. So like Lauren said, you do want to research the companies and apply online ahead of time for opportunities of interest. And my main tip here, hang on to those job titles and requisition numbers. That's an excellent, excellent way to enhance your conversation with that employer. So the other part of preparation is your resume. Now, I hope someone has already reviewed it well before the expo. Uh, career services professionals are available to you, so please make sure you have them go over it. Even a friend, a classmate, a faculty member, all that feedback is beneficial because you want to have as near perfect of a resume as you can. So I've heard this a couple times with different folks. Customizing your resume is important. So if you have your companies that you've done your research on, 
and you have a resume dedicated to that company, then make sure you bring that with you, organized in such a way that you don't accidentally hand somebody the wrong resume, but you can definitely do that. In terms of uh, the resume itself, I do like to think of the three C's. Is it clear, is it concise, and is it concrete? So do you have a point to your resume? Does an employer understand that? And is it concise enough to where they're going to be able to quickly gather information about you on that resume in a very short amount of time? And then is it concrete? Have you focused on your accomplishments, your results, the outcomes of your experience? And in terms of bringing your resume to the expo, printed on nice clean paper, not creased, is important, preferably a heavier stock. But then also bring enough copies for everybody. So maybe your target goal is around 10, uh, 20 resumes, but make sure you have some general ones that you can hand out to companies you haven't even thought of. So finally, the other aspect of preparation is you want to dress professionally. You want to make that great first impression. So in an ideal world, you would wear your suit, preferably in a conservative color palette, a traditional color palette, but think about your attire as neat and clean. You're ironed, you're pressed, everything just looks crisp and clean. Part of that first impression, part of your body, you know, your attire is your body language and what you're communicating with your nonverbal skills. So the way your arms might be crossed across your chest might make people seem like it's unapproachable but you wanna have great eye contact and smile. And finally, make sure you practice and you plan what you wanna say. Look, your, look at yourself in the mirror or practice with somebody else the exact thing you would like to say. If you're more of a, uh, a learner who writes, write out exactly what you wanna say. That just helps you in the long run. Awesome, Christy, really good points. I really appreciate that. And, and it really brings up some good points that I like to share with students too. Uh, when you go to a professional event, it is really important to know what companies are there by doing your research and therefore select uh, a top five or 10 list and work from the bottom up. Why do we do that? It's really just to warm up, especially if you get there early enough to start from your uh, least desirable employer and working up. For our expo events, we always use the Career Fair Plus app. All you got to do is download that, search our school, and you could use the live map, search on the employer list, and more. You could even search employers based on major, work authorization, etc. Also in that app, there's a skip the line feature, so that really helps if you don't want to wait around so long. And then you want to apply early, just like Christy said, so you can refer to the application when you talk to the employer physically. It truly makes it easy for them to literally put you at the top of the list. That's uh, feedback from the employer themselves. Uh, you could even print out the screenshot like Christy mentioned. And if you, you know, refer to the reference number, um, if you just submitted it the night before, again, it makes it really easy to organize you amongst other applicants in the right pile when you meet them physically. So these are some pro level tips to crush the event. Uh, you definitely want to listen to other conversations, but not in a creepy way. It gives you material to talk about or not talk about. And then you want to get there early. I know I mentioned that before, but it's really important to do that so you can get your bearings. If you've never been to that type of event before, you want to make sure that you want to get there, get used to the environment before you actually start interacting. And we call that walking the floor to also know where the employer is at and everything. And then finally, 
I'm a big fan of telling students, hey, take rests. You really do got to take care of yourself in something that can be an event that's full of anxiety. And so you want to look at it as a marathon and not a sprint. Um, so you really want to use your time wisely when you're, when you're at these types of events. Standing in line on your cell phone is not using that time wisely. Listen to conversations that are going on around you. Listen to what the recruiter is saying to the individuals in front of you. You can gain some really great information just listening to other people's conversations as far as what skills the employer is looking for or what jobs they have open or even a little bit about the company. So make sure you are, when you're standing in line, you're paying attention, you're not on your phone. I want to share one more um, thing, too, that we talked about, about you early in the beginning of the, the podcast, Ryan, you mentioned that the expo is definitely for students who have below a 3.0. And yesterday, I actually had a conversation about this uh, with a recruiter that was on campus because the students had brought it up that they felt like if they didn't have a 3.0, they shouldn't go to the expo. And that's definitely not true. We have usually close to 100 companies that attend this event. And yes, there are some companies, the larger companies that as a corporate organization have set a certain GPA. But if you're a really outstanding student overall with all of the different things you're involved with, you're going to make a good impression. So this particular recruiter recruiter that I talked to about this yesterday is one of these larger companies that typically has a standard 3.0 GPA requirement. But they were actually doing an information session on campus and they were going to do some interviews. And most of the people that they interviewed were a 2.8 or 2.8 to a 3.0. So even though their corporate standard at the career fairs is a 3.0, they're willing to look at students with a lower GPA. And so if you're somebody with a 2.9 or a 2.8 and you didn't go because of this idea that you don't have a good enough GPA, then you missed out on opportunities. This company also shared with us that when you go to an information session and you check in to the event at the information session, then they can, they track that. And that actually helps your application when you apply online to rise up in the candidate pool. So definitely going to information sessions can help you in multiple ways. And so that's part of the preparation for a career fair is going to those type of events. I'm really glad you brought that up, Sandy. This is Ryan again. Uh, I have a lot of students ask me that question of uh, basically I have a low GPA. It's not what I want it to be. And I'm talking to a really competitive employer. When I deliver my elevator speech, how do I tackle that piece of the GPA? And especially if they ask me that as a follow up, how do you typically answer that? Well, first of all, I would say I don't want to lead with a GPA in your elevator introduction necessarily. I mean, if you're identifying and standing in line for one of these companies that you know has a pretty high GPA standard, then you're going to have to have a really strong introduction to show them why you might meet their qualifications. I know one of these companies that has the standard, and I know they have hired interns with a low GPA before, but that candidate was outstanding in all other ways and had switched from another degree program where they had really suffered with their GPA. So maybe as part of their elevator speech, they talk about they were an engineering student for a little while. And after a couple of years, they realized that it just wasn't the right fit for them. They switched over to business and they really found that they could use their engineering skills in doing data analytics within the business environment. If you say something like that, you are going to 
their ears are going to start tingling because that is really hot career area right now, data analytics. So first you want to start off by knowing who your audience is. Who's the company you want to talk to? And what do you want to tell them about yourself? How do you fit what they're looking for? I like to say, write it out in bullets. Uh, first, you can write it out in sentences, but then reduce it down to bullets so that you can easily remember what those points were for that company. And then you want to practice it out loud. I say use your phone and video record yourself or just use the microphone and listen to yourself talking, um, introducing yourself. Because what it sounds like in your head and what it sounds like coming out of your mouth are always something different unless you've practiced. So practice out loud, and then you want to practice with someone else. So come to uh, Career Services. We're happy to help you um, with practicing your, your elevator speech, or practice with RAs, or friends. People who you trust will give you good feedback, or faculty. Someone else uh, who can give you some points and give you some good direction if you've said something that wasn't right. But ultimately, you're just trying to have a conversation. You're just trying to introduce yourself. So the elevator speech can be very much linked to the tell me about yourself interview question that oftentimes students get. And it can also be very much like the first paragraph of your cover letter. So the more you get comfortable doing an elevator speech or the tell me about yourself interview question, usually it's going to be very similar to the cover letter. And then once you have that down, you're going to feel more confident when you're introducing yourself to companies. So if you're a student, an Embry-Riddle student or alum, and you want to practice your elevator speech, then make an appointment with Career Services. We're happy to do it by phone as well. And um, we're actually going to be doing a full podcast about elevator speeches this summer. So stay tuned for that. And you'll be a lot more um, detailed information that we'll share at that time. Thank you, Sandy. And thank all of y'all for your feedback thus far. Next up is our time for our alumni reflection. We were incredibly grateful to have a conversation about our upcoming industry career expo with Kevin Leong, a recent graduate from our Daytona Beach campus who now works for GE. Let's listen in. My name is Kevin Leong. I am on the Edison Engineering Development Program at GE Aviation, and I graduated with a Bachelor of Science in Aerospace Engineering from the Daytona Beach campus in 2017. Great, thank you for that. And as an employer, what is the best advice you could give a student that is anxious for the Industry Career Expo? Um, one of the things that um, is good about the uh, industry and the Career Expo is that there's so many companies that are out there and that, you know, it's not always that you'll find your best fit with GE Aviation, you could find a fit with another company, but the fact is that there's so many companies that you can meet is that you don't have to worry about um, say if you're worried about looking bad in front of one company, there's always there's another company that you can go to that say might be better aligned with uh, your interests or if there's something you're passionate about, if there's a specific field of aviation that you're interested in or even if it's not related to aviation, the Career Expo should have that company for you there. And I know that there's uh, several companies that are coming to the fair um, uh, at the end of this February. So attend and definitely even if you're not interested in looking for a full-time or an internship or co-op position, uh, definitely do attend and get your face out there so that the employers can see you know, what, what, what types of students are coming in and even give you some feedback for uh, what you can improve on for the future if, if, you are, if you do indeed start looking for 
full-time or opportunities after you graduate. Yeah, awesome. Thank you. Um, as an alumnus of Embry-Riddle, why do you think it's important to attend the Industry Career Expo as a student? So I was able to get my first uh, internship experience by attending the Career Expo. I met with a representative from GE Aviation, and uh, after having a positive conversation with him, I was able to get scheduled for an interview for the next day. And uh, after that interview was successful, and then three internship rotations later, and uh, uh, another f interview for the uh, full-time position, and now I'm in, in the role that I'm in today. And while our, the experiences of my classmates are different, uh, a lot of them can attest to attending the Career Expo as to how they got their start in getting that industry experience. So if you're interested in getting industry experience or if you're interested in at least learning about the companies that hire from Embry-Riddle, do attend the Career Expo. I know that's how I got my successful start in a Speaking to other students, they can say I can say that they would feel similarly. Awesome. And from what I understand, you're going to be at this year's Industry Career Expo on February 28th. That is correct. I'll be uh, representing GE Aviation along with uh, most of our uh, recruiting team, and uh, a good number of the recruiting team is also um, are also Embry Riddle alumni. So they'll be excited to be back on campus and to see all the new changes that have been in campus since they graduated. Well, we're excited to host you, and we'll definitely be sure to visit. Thank you so much, Kevin, for your time. Thanks, Brian. Appreciate, uh, appreciate the call. Of course. Thanks to Kevin Leong, an Eagle alumnus and employer with GE. He'll be at the GE Aviation booth at the Expo this month, so stop by and say hello. As we start to wrap up, how about we all share one last super secret Expo tip? All right, this is Christy. So I have to ask you to think about who is behind the table, who's behind this company. It could be HR representative, it could be an alum of the university, it could be a hiring manager, a hiring manager that's not necessarily in the field you want, and it could potentially even be interns, your fellow Embry-Riddle students. So think about their personalities and why they're at the expo, and I think that'll help you form better conversations with that person. This is Ryan. My last super secret expo tip is to be open to an employer approaching you as you pass, even if you did not plan on talking to them. They may surprise you with what they have to offer. This is Lauren here. Um, I don't know how super secret my tip is, but it's extremely useful. Um, we kind of talked about follow-up a little bit earlier in the podcast, and you really should be getting a business card from every recruiter that you talk to so that you instantly have their contact information so that you can do follow-up with them. But also make sure to jot down on the back of the business card some highlights from your conversation. So when you go back to do your follow-up, you can reference what you talked about and you don't have to try to think about 20 to 30 different conversations. Yeah, this is Roth again. My super secret tip is to crave feedback. Be a student who craves feedback. So that looks like a lot of different things. We talked about a lot of different pieces of that process, be it prepping and while you're prepping, getting feedback or getting feedback after the event. So one great way to do that, if you're a freshman and this is your first time at the event and you're walking around to different booths and perhaps you don't have a top five yet and you go up to a booth and they say, oh, we're actually not looking for your field, but 
Uh, no one else is in line. Guess what? You have a recruiter in front of you regardless. So why not have them look at your resume? Why not talk to them a little bit and get some feedback? So crave feedback. That's a great tip, Roth. And that actually leads into my super secret tip from Sandy. And that is have a backup plan for each booth that you approach. And a lot of times that backup plan can be the same one. But if you've stood in line for this company and you get up there and they um, they say, well, I'm not really hiring for interns or we're only hiring for full time and you're not ready, then you've stood in line and you feel like you've gotten nothing out of it. But if your backup plan is to ask for advice, to ask for feedback, ask if you can link with them on LinkedIn, to have a backup plan so that when you walk away, that time you've spent has been successful because you walked away with something. Thank you, Sandy. Thanks everyone for your awesome thoughts and tips. That about does it for us, folks. Did we miss something or did you have a follow-up question? Follow us on Twitter and let us know with the hashtag going places with career services. For more info, our website is careerservices.erau.edu. If you're a student or alumni, check out Handshake for all of the career development resources you may need. Special thanks to the Wicked Studio team and our guests Sandy, Lauren, Roth, and Christy. Remember, when you're at a professional event, be yourself and don't forget to follow up with a thank you note. Tune in next time where our team discusses the best ways to apply for a career. I'm your host, Ryan Mazon. Catch you next time on Going Places with Career Services.